This week's episode of Battle of the Atom is brought to you by the Marvel Made Paragon Collection, Chris Claremont from Marvel. Go to getmarvelmade.com slash Adam to pre-order your copy today. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast, where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hey Adam, how, how, how are you doing today? I feel so, uh, so ultimately great, Zach. <laughs> ultimately great? In these bad times? In the bad times we're having? In this economy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, all right. So maybe that's an exaggeration, but I figured uh, I'd use the adjective because we're going to talk about some thing that I, I feel like we have a pretty uh, a good standard on this show that you're the expert as you've read it all. And I'm the uh, the Luddite that is, you know, traipsing along trying to figure things out. And never has that been more true than it will be for this particular episode. <laughs> because ultimate comics don't make a lick of sense to me. Yeah, y'all, we're talking about the Ultimate Universe this episode, and we're not talking about the Ultimate Universe that you remember reading. This is the Ultimate Universe that no one read. <laughs> this ain't your grandma's Ultimate Universe. Oh, no, uh, but there's some interesting stuff here, and I'm really excited to talk about it, especially because we are on supporter Soul Reaver Dan who is going to steal our souls during this episode, he went over to patreon.com slash battle of the atom. He threw his couple of dollars our way. He likes the work we're doing. He likes our moxie. And he wants to see us talk about the ultimate universe that he selected those stories. We're going to get to his story at the end there, though, because we've got we've got some context that we need to set up. <laughs> It's really important on this one that we do it chronologically so that this episode makes sense to any of you. Yeah, this was definitely one where I'm glad that we did uh, did a sequential history because this starts off right after the highly controversial Ultimatum. Uh, I'm not sure that Ultimatum is on the list of things to do. I'm not seeing it here. But it's so tied to ultimate x-men we would we would have to cover it and it would be bad because it's very bad <laughs> i know a few things that are just you know part of the uh, the more deranged plot points there and i'm so have glad you not read ultimatum no <laughs> adam is bad hey, that, that, yeah hey have you read this very bad thing hey you you would we were talking about um runner yesterday right <laughs> yes <laughs> Do you remember the part on Chief Commando's Rockercon where Blue Laser is going to blow up the ocean? And he says, We're going to blow up the ocean! <laughs> yes. That's Agneto's plot in Ultimatum. No, that's not that different from the first arc of Ultimate X-Men. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> he, he does the thing he's going to say he's going to do, and he flips the word upside down and causes a giant there tidal wave and... 
just so many people. I appreciate the follow through there. Uh, but this is picking up after that. Our first story is Ultimate X and or if you follow on Marvel Unlimited Ultimate Comics X. This is written by Jeff Loeb with articles by Art Adams. These are five one-shot stories all building to what Ultimate X is. Well, this is now that the X-Men are done because being a mutant is illegal in the <laughs> Ultimate Universe. This is this is what they do next. Well, they uh they started a new team with beloved characters like Jimmy Hudson. Let's talk about Jimmy Hudson. <laughs> the secret Wolverine son being raised by ultimate analogs of Alpha Flight. Yeah, he's raised by ultimate James Hudson and ultimate Heather Hudson, who they're just cops. It's a great touch, though. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a nice nod to six one six continuity. Yeah, apparently Ultimate Wolverine, who's horrible. Mm-hmm. Ultimate, Ultimate Wolverine's just actually right. a bad guy. Um, Ultimate Wolverine just had kids and hey, 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 listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I saved your life once. You owe me a favor. You're raising this boy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy is like 16 and he doesn't wear a shirt, and that's his whole personality. <laughs> Yeah, we meet him in a Fast and the Furious car race in which he tumbles to his death and somehow survives and freaks out his girlfriend. So what ends up happening is after after Ultimate Wolverine dies in Ultimatum, and I, I forget exactly how he died. I think like all of his bones and body burnt off somehow. Oh. It doesn't matter. It's a weird comic. Yeah. It sounds painful. Um, <laughs> Adam, a lot of people die in horrible ways in <laughs> Ultimatum. But Kitty Pride does go and carry out his last wishes, which are ruining this boy's life and saying, hey, you're a mutant. I'm your secret dad. I bet you have claws. And then he has claws. And he's like, wait, were his bones? And she said, I think he has metal claws, but I think someone put metal in it. And I don't know. And then he can make Colossus metal on his claws. <laughs> right, right. Um, we... Then get introduced to uh, to a character who we are actually already familiar with in the Ultimate Universe, but is in disguise. And this is Karen. You talking about Karen Grant? Yes, Karen Grant, who is actually just Jean Grey. Yeah, she's Ultimate Jean Grey. Ultimate Jean Grey had it rough in Ultimatum, where everyone she knew and cared about died? Yes, and... We'll get to this later, but she's not exactly a good guy. Like, no, no, she's 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 put the heroic stuff behind her. She's going to take care of herself and her own, and being a superhero is dumb. <laughs> so she, t- which is fair. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She tricks a Paul Blart mall cop into falling in love with her and thinking they've been in love for years when really she's been there for like three weeks working in this mall. Then Ultimate Mystique and Sabretooth find her? Yes. Uh, she also covers up uh, what looks to be a very gruesome murder done by Sabretooth so that they can get away. She teams up with Jimmy Hudson. And then we get introduced to yet another Ultimate X-Man. Uh, this is kind of like a angel nightcrawler analog, Derek Morgan. Yeah, he's Guardian 
who has no 616 connection or anything like that. He's just a guy whose brother's a cop. He's kind of a screw-up. He's doing Guardian Angel stuff. Right, with like retractable metal wings that go very painfully back into his body. Yeah, uh... Jimmy and Karen find him, and they erase his family's memories of him. And then he's just a non-entity for the rest of Ultimate X-Men. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least from what we read later on in the show, he's not really there that much. Um, uh, then we also get a chance to meet uh, Liz Allen, Firestar. And... Yeah, Liz is back. She was a big supporting character in Ultimate Spider-Man. Which I haven't read in a while, but that Big Bendis run is great. Liz had to come to terms with being a mutant, and she did not like that. But eventually she got through it. Yeah, and her brother is the Blob. Her brother is a Blob. He's not the Blob that ate Good Wasp in Ultimatum like she was a Good chicken Good distinction wing. there. <laughs> and not the Blob that got his head bit off by a giant man for said chicken wing incident. He's just like a trash teen blob, and his best friend tries to do a school shooting. Ooh, did not like that plot point. That was very, Didn't very like odd. it? No, no. Didn't like that one bit. Mm-mm, it was bad. Uh, People yeah. died. And then it looks like the final member of this team, uh, who doesn't actually really get formed so much, is just the Hulk? Yeah, it's Ultimate Hulk. You know, Ultimate Hulk, who's real mad at Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> Did you just make that up? Because I didn't know that plot point. Adam, have you not read Ultimates? No. It was a very popular comic. Hulk got real mad at Freddie Prince Jr. I'm not making this up. Mark Millar did that. Well, uh, we also have the formation of uh, what looks to be a new brotherhood being led by Pietro, Wanda... Mystique and uh, Sabretooth are getting together and never comes up again. Really? That's a shame. Yeah. Like Quicksilver is the antagonist for the next chunk of X-Men after this, but none of these really show up again. Okay. I, you know, I gotta say, uh, we were just trash talking the introduction of, uh, of the five lights in our last episode. And I found myself kind of drawn into this. Um, I, I know a lot of the lifting is being done by one of my favorite artists, Art Adams. Sure. Uh, who I think is doing really amazing work here. And my kudos to uh, the individual inking uh, the work here as well. Because I just think the storytelling is fantastic from page to page. Uh, the character designs are cool. You, you just, I don't know. I get... I got emotionally invested in like who these people are based on their expressions, based on, you know, the way in which they're moving, the way they're interacting. I mean, the story telling is still, you know, a little flat. We don't actually get to see these guys team up, but as an introductory mini series to what is supposed to be ultimate comics, X-Men, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think it works as a standalone thing. There's good moments in all of these. There's good character work. Like, Loeb's, Loeb's done some pretty trash comics, but, you know, he's also a professional writer and knows how to write. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what else he is. 
it's a tough one for me because this is all the build-up to something that just never happens or amounts to anything. So reading this, knowing what I know, it's hard to say this was all worth the payoff. It's a lot of interesting ideas that never go anywhere. I think Karen is great. I like Jean having a heel turn here. I think it works really well. I think the idea of them being a Wetworks team for Nick Fury is like, you know, whatever. It's the ultimate universe <laughs> is. They can just roll with it. Okay. We'll try it. Nothing matters here. Right, right. I think Jimmy Hudson's dumb. I still think he's dumb. I don't think Jimmy Hudson is many people's favorite Wolverine. But uh, in this particular context, you know, he's just this kind of teenage dope following around Gene, uh you know, like, what should we do? What should we do? And he, he continues to be that character uh, for years. So, <laughs> he's so dumb. It's just kind of how he's, he is. He's such a dummy. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, just these five standalone issues, while there were some iffy moments here and there, I did enjoy it as a whole. Um, and it's great to see. This might be, if I'm not mistaken, one of the last times that Art Adams did interior work, especially something this long. Um, you know, I, I don't, I've seen a couple other individual things here, but certainly nothing this long from him uh, to the present. So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I'm trying to look around and see the last thing he's done. I know he did a short in uh, AVX versus, and he did uh guardians of the galaxy team up number one. A few years back he did but if you go and you look at that you'll see that it is not nearly as detailed or as you know it, it was definitely something that was done on a tight timeline um it's definitely his style but it's very loose so to see this as as tight as it is you know and like that classic art adam style i think if, especially if you're a fan of him as an artist regardless of the story you're probably going to want to check this out just to you know enjoy looking at it um, but I, I do agree, you know, unfortunately, if this doesn't go anywhere, it's kind of all set up for what, you know, um, that, that's, oh, a bit we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we get will to get that to that in a second. <laughs> yes. I'd say we've probably talked enough about this series. Let's rank this puppy. Yeah. Let's rank this puppy on a big list of every X-Men story of all time. From best to worst, there's 435 X-Men stories on this list, starting with House of X, Powers of Ten. Number 100 is the Nimrod arc of New X-Men. Number 200 is Longshot Saves the Marvel Universe. Number 300 is Uncanny X-Men, Volume 4. 1 through 5, Survival of the Fittest. Number 400 on the list is Psylocke and Archangel Crimson Dawn. And the last story is the Draco. Well, we do have a couple of Ultimate uh, original brands, original recipe Ultimate X-Men on this list, including at 78. Uh, we have World Tour, um, which it's is 16 not as to good 19. As World Tour. And then we have the original arc at 98. And then not as good as that. Way down at 202, we have Jump the Shark, which is the Wolverine Spider-Man body swap crossover, which I think this is better than that. It's... it's... I think it's close. I think it's on the same level. <laughs> okay. Because, okay, okay, listen to me. Listen right. to me. 
197 is a personal favorite of yours. Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Punisher, Hearts of Darkness. And it's not better than Hearts of Darkness. No, and it's not better than uh, Cap Wolf at 198. Okay. It's not better than 201, which is Cable 64, Twas the Night Before Dying, which they retell Cable's whole origin with that real good art. No, that, that's better. Yeah. This is probably better. Mm, well, okay. Mm, just below that, 205, Brood Trouble, Big Easy. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, look, Brood Trouble and the Big Easy is a lot of fun, but... I mean, it's not five issues of Art Adams. No, but it's two issues of Jim Lee. That is true. That is true. Um, Gambit throws a pie at somebody. <laughs> all right. All right. That is a good point. That, that Based on that particular issue alone uh, with the boysenberry pie, um, I would say that Brood Trouble is better. But I, I would put it ahead of Disassembled at 206. I'd agree with that. All right. This isn't a horrible story by any means. There's a lot to like here. And there's reason to believe, if you're reading this, to say, hey, maybe the Ultimate Universe is going to be something again. Yeah. Or maybe it's going to go in some very weird directions. Because <laughs> the thing that Ultimate Universe became was Hawkeye. You know Ultimate Comics Hawkeye. You know Hawkeye. Everyone's favorite breakout character from the Ultimate Comics relaunch around 2011, where they relaunched all the books with what was that? What was that new one? Uh, Mike, uh, Marco, uh, Micah, maybe. I don't know um, what you're talking about. You're just saying Miles, names. Miles, Miles, Miles Morales. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, he came out the same Star time. Star of video game fame. Star of a movie that my kids watch all the time. And here's a hot take. That what's up danger scene, it rules. It's so good. It's so good. That whole movie's so great. I love it. We're not talking about it right now. We're talking about Hawkeye, though. It's a miniseries written by the head of X himself, Jonathan Hickman. Never heard of him. With pencils by Rafa Sandoval. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't acknowledge the existence of Jonathan Hickman here. Oh, man. Well, Jay Hicks just jumps right in in issue number one with with one of the longest text bubbles I've seen in an issue in a long time. <laughs> okay, um, so we uh, there's context for this, Adam, that you don't have, and I well, do need are, to provide it to you. We are somewhere in this in Southeast Asia. Um, and the Southeast Asian Republic, the Seer. Yes, yes, Seer. And uh does look like there have been some... Um, some scientific shenanigans going on here to create their own mutant race and eliminate the X gene across the globe. Do I have that right? Yes. By the way, the X gene in the Ultimate Universe is not a uh, it's not a natural evolution thing. Super right. Soldier program. Also important to know, and I didn't tell you this. This is a mini series that connects to. Uh, Asad Ribic and Hickman's Ultimate Comics Ultimates. And that run rules, but Jonathan Hickman had to leave it early to write the real Avengers, and he just left Sam Humphreys his notes. <laughs> and then wouldn't you know it, Captain America became president. Here's my here's my six foot tall uh flow chart. Make sure you follow it to a T. <laughs> Actually, you should you should read it. It it kind of rules. 
hey, if this is any indication, we we are getting uh, one of the blandest versions of Hawkeye that I have ever seen in my life. And yet this story is really fun. Yeah, this Hawkeye is a nothing character. Oh, he's bland as wallpaper. This is very much a pre-fraction aha Hawkeye. This is a good story built around Hawkeye showing up somewhere interesting. Yeah, so like Adam said, the Southeast Asian Republic, which is like China, Thailand, and a couple of other countries around there in the Ultimate Universe, they're making super soldiers, and and their problem is they're super soldiers who they call the people. They had a they had a couple of twin brothers in the super soldier program. <laughs> and the twin brothers got super soldier powers. And one of them had a sun in his head. And one of them had a black hole in his head. Never heard of anything like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them. One of them, Shinyan, he calls himself Zorn with a Z. And yep. he's Zorn of the Eternals. <laughs> and then... There's Kanye and his twin brother, who's Zorn with an X, and he's Zorn of the Celestials. And they built their own island nation where the people live. Ultimate Hawkeye has to invade there and steal their super soldier serum with the help of Ultimate X. All those people we just talked about, except for uh, Jimmy Hudson. Yeah, so uh, most of the team that we just got introduced to in that miniseries are coming here to invade... Tion. This is the floating island city of Tion. This is wild. This is wild. We have dueling Zorns. We have these uh this community of of <laughs> serum-fed uh communist analog superheroes that are flying at all these guys. It's the ultimate celestials and the ultimate eternals who call everyone else deviants. Right, right. It's a it's a really fun subversion of like using all of those terms. Um and and given that, you know, the, the this ultimate comics is supposed to present you with this opportunity to, to play around in, in with the terms, um, but not necessarily the canon. I think it's a really smart uh, move. I really enjoy this. I really like the twist at the end, where Karen Karen's sitting there after they invade, and she's listening to them and saying, "Well, y'all are bringing up some excellent points here." And I would like to subscribe to your newsletter, and I would like to live in the Eternal City. Hawkeye does not like this. And they don't particularly care. Because the U.S. government made mutants illegal. (laughs) So yeah, they want to hang out with Zorn and Zorn. Mm -hmm. They just really want to have a good time in the Seer. In the Southeast Asian Republic. On their floating city. I'm sure that will never cause a problem. Hawkeye does just leave then. Yeah, he's he's got to go be back in the main book. The problem that this ends up causing pays off later in Ultimate Comics Ultimates. That's the story with the Maker when he tries to wipe out all of Eastern Europe with, you know, the city. The, the, the floating face that's in the vault. The one, the one in the vault. That Wolverine and Sink and Darwin went into? That's about to be opened in a few months? Ooh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, very excited to see what happened to our friends there. Um, 
Yeah, this is uh, secretly part of a codex of what Hickman will end up doing in his X-Men run that we're living in now. Yeah, uh, to the point where... Even more than we've... his Avengers. His Ultimates is him saying, I like all these ideas, and I don't know the best way to execute them just yet, but I want to play. Yeah, yeah, you can see him sort of sorting some of this stuff out in his head. Uh, especially, you know, we've got a mutant utopia here of sorts. And I was just about to say, like, even on in Hoxbox, we even got a glimpse of the Zorn brothers, who, still unclear to me, but... I'm not sure if those are the 616 versions or whether, is it these guys? Like, do I we mean, know? It's, 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 this is the 616 okay. version. Hickman just really likes the design with their heads on fire because they yeah. look like a ghostwriter. It yep. looks good. I get it. Not arguing with that. It's it's pretty cool. Um, you remember You remember that time in Powers of Ten where Zorn is like, Sweet annihilation. How long have I waited for this day? <laughs> Future Zorn. Oh, man. It's oh, great. I love Zorn. Um, we should use Zorn more. Why don't we use Zorn all the time? Zorn should always be a fixture in X-Men because he rules. He's great. I talk about Glob Herman a lot. Zorn, also good. Yeah, but you kind of have to use him sparingly. Like, he's he's somebody you throw in and it's like, like when he showed up here. And his and his brother showed up here. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is going down," you know. And uh, yeah, I do like that he just went into, uh, "Hey, uh, Zorns are confusing, and we're just going <laughs> to lean into that. We're going to accept that." Exactly. Exactly. What do you think of the art on this? This is uh, Rafa Sandoval. Um, I think it's Rafa Sandoval's a good hand. He's solid. He's fine. He's not the flashiest. He's not my favorite. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's doing a pretty good job. It's just not mind blowing. Yeah. It's, it's not, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's not stylized enough to, to say, Oh, okay. Got it. That's exactly who that is. Um, this is kind of more of a house style, I would say. Um, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are other ultimate comics that I've seen that have looked somewhat like this. Um, but I think he does a good job with the storytelling, and uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah, I liked this a lot. There's a lot of really cool ideas, and they end up getting played out in different comics. But I, th I think it's a neat one. If you haven't checked it out, go do it. It's a it's a good one to you know find <laughs> that you probably overlooked. Now we just ranked Ultimate X down at 206. I think Ultimate X is better than this. What do you think? I liked this better than Ultimate X, but I think it's close. Okay, so if you were going to go above Ultimate X, how high were you? would you go? I'm looking at 191, which is Ms. Marvel 6 and 7, Healing Factor. That's her first team up with Wolverine. Mm -mm. Um, It's not as good as New Mutants uh, 38 through 40 Aftermath. It's at 197 right now. Um, I'd say, if I was a betting man... Put it above Ultimate Spider-Man Jump the Shark, but below the Cable story that we talked about. I can earlier. get behind that. No, I can get behind that because that would put it at 202. Um, and I think that makes sense. Hey, Zach, have you heard of the Marvel-made Paragon collection? You know, Adam, I've 
I've heard some things. I've seen it floating around the internet, but I don't know what all it is. Do you know? I do. They're uh, sponsoring our show this week, and the Marvel Made Paragon Collection is Marvel's newest prestige product, exclusive to the Marvel Made platform, celebrating Marvel's most iconic writers and artists and featuring the most revered Marvel comic storylines and noteworthy moments from over the years. Okay, well, that sounds interesting because I don't know if you know this. I like Marvel comics, but my favorite are the X-Men. Is there something in there for me? Well, you are in luck, sir, because the first Marvel-made Paragon collection will start with a premiere bundle from none other than Marvel Comics legend Chris Claremont. You talking about Papa Chris? Are you talking about Daddy Chris? <laughs> we are. Now through December 4th, the Marvel Made Paragon Collection Chris Claremont Premiere Bundle will be available for pre-order and only produced if 1,200 pre-orders or more are received. Ooh, so they're making us work for this one. But I think it's going to be worth it because it has a bunch of really cool stuff in it. The uh, Premiere Bundle includes a gorgeous faux leather. Like faux Foe, like foe with an X, yes. like the X-Men. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, okay. It's a hardcover book, and it's hand-numbered and signed by Chris Claremont. A thing that costs you $20 at a comic book convention. So that's value right there. Exactly. Plus, he's going to add one of four handwritten iconic quotes from his X-Men stories with the, uh, um, with the signatures. That's pretty cool, right? Ooh, I really hope that he writes the focus totality of his psychic might all over these hardcovers. Well, it's not just the signature. The collection features a behind-the-scenes foreword by comic book icon Louise Simonson, our favorite, Easy! and collects these classic mutant epics, The Dark Phoenix Saga. Number two on our list. Days of Future Past. Number four on our list. Wolverine the Limited Series with, with Frank Miller. That's number eight on our list. And also, I'm reading Frank Miller's Daredevil right now, and he's really going to drive Ninja Sword fights. <laughs> I'm glad you're catching up with that. Uncanny. Yeah, Adam, I don't know if anyone has mentioned this, but Chris Claremont's great. Chris Claremont plus Frank Miller are great. Frank Miller by himself was great. <laughs> it was a wild time in the 80s. Not exactly a secret. Uncanny X-Men 268, which is uh, Madripoor Knight's story featuring Captain America and Black Widow. That's that very iconic cover with the Jim Lee art. It's number 175 on our list. And the world's best-selling comic book of all time, illustrated by Jim Lee, X-Men number one. Oh, that's number 54 on our list, which, okay, let me run the numbers. Beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. The numbers are back, and on average, this collection would be number 49 on our list, which is as good as a book that's close and dear to my heart, X-Club. Hey, that sounds like a really good comparison. Uh, but that's not all. It's not just the stories. Included in the bundle are all new lithographs and comics from renowned artists, including a Wolverine limited series homage litho by Joe Quesada. I like him. Dark Phoenix Saga homage litho by Phil Noto. He's real good. Inferno Homage Litho by Philip Tan. Do love Inferno. An X-Men Claremont Collage Litho by Salvador LaRocca. Salvador LaRocca has drawn a lot of Claremont's comics. Okay, hold that thought. Storm Callisto Battle Homage Litho by Marcos Martin. I do love Marcos Martin. This one I'm really excited about. And as Guardian Wars Homage Litho by Art Adams. Art Adams, didn't we just talk about him? Like earlier in this episode and said how good he is? We sure did. 
an exclusive Wolverine number six Days of Future Past themed variant comic book with a cover by uh, Olivier Coipel. Yeah, he's pretty good, too. Also, Wolverine number six. Is that the one where Magic and Pogger Pog get into an arm wrestling contest? I believe it might be. Yes. Um, (laughs) And an X-Men 13 Dark Phoenix action figure variant comic book by John Tyler Christopher. That is a lot of bonuses. That's that's a lot of bonuses. That's so many bonuses. But I I do think there's a something else like exclusive, like something that you can't get anywhere else. Well, aside from the art, you can also get the world debut of an exclusive 20 page prequel comic for Days of Future Past written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Salvador LaRocca. In addition to all these comics and lithos, the bundle includes Claremont's original Days of Future Past notes and script and a brand new behind the scenes interview with Chris Claremont about his most iconic and shocking X-Men stories. As a guy who likes to listen to movie commentary, I'm very excited to hear what Chris has to say about some of these very iconic stories. <laughs> well, it's something you don't want to miss out on. It's the must-have collection for any Chris Claremont or X-Men fan, and it's only available for a limited time for $199 plus tax and shipping. Along with the bundle, you'll receive a Marvel-made Paragon Collection Certificate of Authenticity, and bundles will begin shipping as soon as March 2021. So Adam, if I'm interested in this, how do I how do I get it? Do I go to the local store? Is it a digital thing? Do I have to send in a postcard with several proofs of purchases? No, 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 no. How do I acquire? How do I get all of this goodness? <laughs> you are not going to be able to get this in your local comic store. You're going to head on over to getmarvelmade.com slash A-T-O-M today to pre-order your copy of Marvel Made Paragon Collection Chris Claremont Premier Bundle. You don't want to wait on this. Get your order in before December 4th. That's the cutoff at getmarvelmade.com slash A-T-O-M. A-T-O-M. Like our show. Like Adam. Like Battle of the Adam. That's right. Y'all. You got it. Y'all go over there. Check it out. And thanks to Marvel again for sponsoring us this week. Now let's get back to some Ultimate. Okay, so our third story takes place seven years later. And it's not done by any of these creative teams. And I kind of just threw you into this one without context, but I thought it'd be fun because I think there's some really interesting ideas here. This is what Soul Reaver Dan asked us to talk about. So let's talk about Ultimate Comics X-Men 29-33 World War X. Or maybe World War X, who knows? I don't know. Adam, do you know? <laughs> let's assume it's X at this point. We're not playing around with that. Yet. Well, because the Ultimate the Ultimate Universe had had two world wars and two civil wars at this time. Oh, wow. It's a lot of so, wars. Yeah. Uh, everyone forgets that Miles Morales was in a civil war like a year into when he existed. Like an American civil war, not like a, not, not like a Marvel one. It's a rough start. Real rough. Real rough look there. Oh, it, it sure was a thing. It was tough. <laughs> All of America got split up into a bunch of fiefdoms and does like an east of west. Oh boy. Like, like a Hickman's east of west. It's like the wow. same territories. But also Man, he leaves Miles... the book and lets Sam Humphreys do it. <laughs> oh poor Sam Humphreys. And then poor poor Miles comes to the six one six and has to get into Civil War two. So he's been in three. 
Jeez, Miles Morales has been part of two separate second civil wars. That's terrible. That's a rough one for him. That's terrible. Well, speaking of two, uh, we we have multiple mutant utopias here. Uh, we have a land-based one led by Kitty Pride, and then it looks like Jean Grey has taken over Teon. Yeah, so Jean Grey takes over New Teon because Zorn and Zorn died when the children attacked the people in Ultimate X. Man, or ultimate ultimate comics ultimates but anyway gene takes over and she uh she kind of becomes a fascist dictator eh, i mean she definitely wants to destroy <laughs> the the utopia that's been built by giddy pride yeah she uh she she's the great leader of the southeast asian republic's uh new Tion. the heavenly city right. she does not like that her previous friend kitty pride has been set to a mutant reservation by the american president steve rogers captain america and b using her uh super seed that they built on the utopia with ultimate plant man and storm and rogue they uh they like figured out how to solve world hunger right. All right, you gotta talk to me about this this Krakoan like sentient seed thing, because they are on this plateau of like environmental riches. That uh, is it, Hatchling, I believe, is and Rogue. They are like the the caretakers of this thing until it is attacked by uh, Jean Grey and a chemical agent. Uh, is it a living mutant? I think you're what? thinking of Black Hearth, who is Samuel Smithers. Yes. The ultimate plant man. Oh, okay. He's also a white guy with half dreads head guy. Uh, that's a look. <laughs> Listen, he looks dumb. <laughs> but, but this is probably the best plant man has ever been. He's the most interesting plant guy. Mm. We need, we need plant man on Krakoa, except for, I guess we got black Tom Cassidy. They sure do. So, but is sentient seed... Is it a mutant? What is it? Or do they just figure out how to like make stuff grow? It's like it's it's like a very good special seed that they made. It's not a mutant. It's a it's a whole thing. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a. It's like Rogue. Rogue has a connection. Very to different it. take on Rogue. Yeah, she kind of wanders around in a in a two piece and and just speaks to the land. Yeah, she's on like a commune with the land. Yeah, so Jean doesn't like this because she thinks all mutants should be united and not be working with President of the United States, Captain America, Steve <laughs> Rogers. Uh, and Kitty is not going to stand for these nope. attacks because Jean is not uh, settling. She sends these sort of drones, these these Zorn drones, uh, to come and and get them um it's kind of unclear whether they're people or not are they you know they i don't know if they really got into that um they're not not people which is as close to an answer as we get on it yeah yeah so kitty pride does what any good leader would do and puts colossus in charge (laughs) yeah colossus who had not been part of utopia nope because he killed a prison guard in a 
it's a concentration camp he was in and he felt real guilty about it man nobody really wants to uh to get cut him some slack on that either they're like that guy's a murderer listen <laughs> listen he killed a prison guard in a concentration camp <laughs> i feel like I feel like it was to save Storm's life, but I forget. But it's it's weird that everyone's like, oh, that's a real bad thing that you did a murder on. Yeah, especially when he becomes leader and doesn't really do much. Um, he's just sort of a, a political figurehead. Ultimate Kitty ends up solving this in this big standoff. Either Utopia's going to fall or Tian's going to fall. And wouldn't you know it, Sh- Shola... Uh, you remember Shola from Claremont's uh, Excalibur in the, the Genosha Excalibur? No, I don't. <laughs> That's fine. He uh, He's a weird Genosian guy, but him and Mach 2, who rules... Mach 2 secretly the best character in Ultimate Comics X-Men, yeah. and her arc just happens to end before this for the most part. She shows up in X-Men Blue, and it's really disappointing, and it makes me sad. But they uh, they found out how to make a railgun. A long-distance railgun. Out of the mountain. <laughs> yes. It, uh... It real, it's real good. They shoot stuff across oceans and stuff, and Kitty decides to use that to just absolutely wreck Nutian after she rescues everybody. And says, hey, Gene, I'm gonna blow up your thing. <laughs> and I kidnapped all your people. I'm sending so many bullets to you, so maybe you could chill? We can still be friends. You can live on our island, but I am going to blow up Tian. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Pixie um, teleports everybody off of Tian. And uh, even Jean Grey in the midst of Tian being blown to smithereens is saved by Storm. I mean, it's kind of wild that that Jean Grey goes so out of her way to try and kill Jimmy, uh, who's just chilling on Tian, trying to distract Jean Grey. She tries to kill like all of these people and they do still save her and welcome her to Utopia. And then she's just cool with it after that. Like, there's a line that says, it's been like two weeks and everyone's like back to normal. Everyone's Weird, okay. huh? But we gave, we gave Colossus all that guff about the prison guard. <laughs> this lady tried to kill all of us. No big deal. Jean Grey kind of did some war crimes. Oh, man. I, I got to say, though, uh, especially as someone who had never even touched this run, this post-ultimatum run. Uh, I really enjoyed this. You know, the the new characters like Mach 2, um, they they seem to have lives. They seem to have personalities. They they seem to have motivations. Um, even Lila and Guardian get some callbacks on Tion um, to try and like keep uh, Jean in check. Jimmy has a whole little thing here. I, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed this like weird standoff between these two mutant utopias. I think it's interesting this run. And I actually, I don't think we hit the creative team on it. Art on this arc here is by Avaro Martinez, who I think does a really good job. Mama Asar was doing the art on the series before this. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Martinez does a really good job evoking that and keeping it consistent throughout. Yeah. It's written by Brian Wood, who Brian Wood is, he's a problematic guy. I'm not going to disagree with that. So I can't wholeheartedly recommend this in good faith because I don't want to support him. 
However, his Ultimate Comics X-Men has a lot of very interesting ideas. It has a lot of big plots, and it takes big swings, like the Ultimate Universe really should. It's It doesn't all pay off, but some of it, especially some of the new characters we add, they really work for me, and I think they were a great idea. And the setting is like a proto-Kokoa. It is. It doesn't get there. No. It's pulling a lot of similar concepts. Yeah, I mean, when Hickman brings the the concept of Teon out in the Hawkeye series, you're you're already, especially if, like me, you've only, you know, you're living in the present and haven't read these books. I'm constantly making that connection. But later to have these dueling utopias, um, I was surprised. I mean, I haven't read a lot of Brian Wood's stuff, so my exposure to him is mainly through the uh, adjectiveless X-Men run, which is not good. Um, I think we've talked about that on the show before. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that. I thought this was actually pretty sophisticated. It, it was a different tone than we're used to with X-Men comics, and I thought it was uh, very interesting. So I enjoyed it for that reason. I think out of what we read today, this this one was my favorite story. I would agree. Um, I I like this run a lot. There's a lot to enjoy in it. A lot of interesting things. It's not perfect, but it's it's worth checking out. I think. I think the end of this arc, uh, it has a bit of a get wrapped up real quick because you're canceled. Yeah. Yep. Has to do that, but. I do think despite the last couple of pages being sort of anticlimactic, especially the destruction of Teon um, is very dramatic and uh, is given the page count it needs. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. Mm. Now, I don't think it I don't think it works as well as like last week we talked about 151 X-Force us versus them. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to go that high. Um, In fact, I was looking at 181 Marvel Knights X-Men. That's an interesting comparison. It's a a similar similar time period, underrated, same era, nebulous continuity. Mm -hmm. Doing something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely better than 183, which is the Wolverine and the X-Men Hellfire saga. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I wouldn't put it above 177, Kitty Pride and Wolverine. No, I also wouldn't put it ahead of All New Wolverine, Old Man Lara. I think that's also doing some really fun sort of alternate future, alternate universe type stuff that I really liked. Um, Right below that is the exterminated arc of Age of Apocalypse, which is another different universe, big mm -hmm. ideas, kind of weird twist on everything. Yeah, I, I would put this ahead of that, though. I, I think this is cooler. So this is going to be our new 179. This is going to be our new 179. This is Ultimate Comics X-Men. 133 World War X. And that does it for an episode, Adam. We did it. I, it might be our, our ultimate episode. I mean, it, I felt like it was ultimately very good. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what ultimate means. <laughs> Words have meanings. Ultimate's the last one. We have so many. I'm looking at the list right now. This is not our ultimate nor our pentultimate. Yeah, we've got like 286. Ooh, holy cow. But do you know why we have so many uh, requests in there? I believe it's thanks to our amazing patrons over on Patreon. Yeah, it's thanks to our amazing patrons like Soul Reaver Dan, who is going to steal our souls. And 
he's I don't know. He turned it into money for the show for Patreon so that we could talk about this and other things. If you want to be like him, you can go over to patreon.com slash battle the atom. You get an episode about what you want at a certain level. You get episodes early whenever I'm done editing them, uh, which, you know, it's whenever I feel like it. It's normally like Thursday, Friday, but sometimes like I have to redub an entire episode like I'm doing right now. And that means I have to spend my Saturday doing this for hours. <laughs> uh, folks, you can always follow me over on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Uh, Zach, where can people find the latest and greatest of uh, Xavier Files? You can find it on XavierFiles.com. It's a great website. Go check it out. I enjoy it. And also on Twitter at Xavier Files. Well, what do we got going on next week? Next week, we're going to talk about Wolverine. He has claws. People like him in general. Oh, snap. I just looked at the lineup for next week. This is a good lineup, Zach. Yeah, bud. <laughs> yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. It's a lot of stories about his past. Hmm. When a mommy Wolverine and a daddy Wolverine love each other very much, they do inject themselves with molten adamantium. I can't wait. But until then, guys, this has been Battle of the Album. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!